This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. Okay, funny story, but also very sad story. But did it happen to anyone else where you had to go to the nurse's office in elementary school because you got a bloody nose after running straight into a pole at full speed while playing tag with your friends during recess and then going to get a basic way oversized embarrassing blank gray t-shirt from the nurse to wear the rest of the day because your favorite shirt got covered in blood? Or is that just me? Anyway, today we learn from school nurses. Let's do it. Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen. And I'm Corbin Smith. Together, we are going to explore the nursing profession with exclusive interviews for nurses working in jobs you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. What's up, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today is all about school nursing. First, we're going to start talking to Erin Mon. She's a member of the National Association of School Nurses. Then we'll talk to Denise Abbott, who is actually one of my high school teachers. She's a nurse who teaches anatomy and physiology. And then we'll finish the podcast talking to Ellie Bodily, who is a school nurse. All three of these women are going to talk to us about working with kids as a nurse in the school system. Hey, Erin, are you there? Yes, I am. Erin, how are you doing today? Doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Erin, before we get started, could you introduce yourself for those who are listening? Sure. Uh, my name is Erin Mon. I am the Director of Research at the National Association of School Nurses. I've been in the position about eight years now. Before that, I actually taught at BYU in public health and global health nursing. So my background is public health nursing and school nursing in particular. I feel like it's kind of like my mission in life is to work with children, especially the most vulnerable. That's awesome. And we're going to talk a ton about that. But just to kind of get started, can you tell me what the National Association of School Nurses is? So um, the National Association of School Nurses, NASN, is a membership organization. It's for school nurses who work in schools, predominantly in the United States, although we do have some international re- representation, mostly from nurses who work in Department of Defense schools across, in, across the globe. But it's for the nurses um, pre-K through high school, usually, um, that work in schools. It's providing them um, additional support and membership advocacy, things like that. Okay, perfect. Because my next question was, what is the overall goal or kind of the purpose of the association? What do you guys mostly advocate and fight for? Mm -hmm. Well, our mission statement, we all know it basically memorizes to optimize student help through the advancement of school nursing, particularly with education. So our focus is definitely um, improving student health, meeting the school-aged child, but it's through making sure that our school nurses have the most current information and are working to their um, highest scope of practice. That's awesome. And I guess we can get kind of right into the meat of it. I wanted to know, why is it that you are so passionate about this? Why is it so such an important thing for you to fight for children and be advocates for them? Sure. I, I think it's a couple things. I've always had a passion for working with children. I always said I'd be a pediatric nurse. And actually, how I got into school nursing, where there at the time there weren't um, openings at any of the pediatrics or primary children's or anything like that. 
and an opening, there was an opening um, in school nursing. And I thought, well, I, I've enjoyed that. So that's community pediatrics. And then in that position, I um, worked in a lot of schools that included children of migrant farm workers. Um, our, the schools I worked in had huge turnover rates. They lived in extreme poverty. And it just really opened my eyes, along with my mission. I served a mission in Puerto Rico. Um, and it just opened my eyes to a different world than what I experienced. And I saw that there was a lot of things that could be changed. Um, in public health, we do a lot of system thinking of seeing how we could change policy and the context to make things better. That's how I naturally think. So it just worked well there. Um, and then I just, children don't vote. And so they don't have a voice unless as adults, we give them a voice. And so I felt like that was something I could do. I have a question. What is it that you've learned? What is something you've learned in your experience working with children as a nurse that you wish to share with all of us that may not be as educated as you on this subject, but want to be an advocate just as much? Wow. I think first and foremost, kids are incredibly resilient. And so I think that's a real positive, uh, but they're also not just little adults, which we oftentimes think of. Uh, they, they, their minds think differently. Their bodies react differently to things. For years and years, there was a lot of research on early childhood, and there still is critically important. But there's been a huge gap in research and advocacy from like age five to eight-ish up until their teenagers and until they are participating in some high-risk activity, meaning they're pregnant or on drugs or something. There's a huge group that we just assume they're doing okay because overall, um, health-wise, if you look at statistics, they are. But research has really shown, for example, adverse childhood experiences and better understanding like social needs that because kids are resilient, they seem like they're okay, but it internalizes in them. And it's coming out as they're older, as adolescents, or even as adults. And so if we don't take a more lifespan approach, and meaning not stop at early childhood, but really look across the lifespan, we are really missing out on um, a lot of factors where we can make a lot of difference. And I'm all about prevention. I guess I think that's my thing is why do we keep waiting? And there's this great poem about um, an ambulance down in the valley where this, this, a committee or votes to have an ambulance down in the valley for when people fall off the cliff. And then someone speaks up and says, well, why don't we just put a fence at the top of the cliff? And it's a mindset difference that I think if we took that preventive mindset difference, um, what a difference our policies would look at. And we'd really be helping kids a lot earlier and we would address a lot of the issues that we now end up addressing and putting so much money in down the road. If we did a little bit more investment up front, um, we would get so much farther. Yeah. What kind of tips do you feel like you could give to nursing students and maybe recently graduated students or alumni that want to affect these changes, but aren't really sure where to get started? That's a great question. First, I think um, just even asking the question, I think, is where it starts. And never assume that someone is address is already addressing it, but at the same time, almost find out who is addressing it. Um, because nine times out of ten, there might be a group that is. And so if it's, for example, related to school health or child health, you've got the National Association of School Nurses or the state chapters. There's also the American Academy of Pediatrics that have, I'm not sure if they're every state or if they're region chapters, but they are a great advocacy group. Um, the state nursing associations, oftentimes they actually have paid lobbyists. We don't. We are, we are a nonprofit, so we don't lobby. We just educate. Um, so I think in the nursing realm, those are great ones. I also think looking outside of nursing and seeing um, how things overlap. For example, because of school nursing, it's both in the world of health and education, working with the educational leaders. 
um, and seeing what's being done. But I also say that oftentimes what I've also found is that people assume someone else has seen it and is going to take care of it. And I, I feel like that's one of our downfalls is we're so busy working on the front line. We think, oh, yeah, so-and-so is going to take care of it. But we don't check to see if so-and-so is taking care of it. And so I think that's where we don't want to duplicate efforts at the same time. If the efforts aren't being made, I think we have a great um, opportunity and responsibility to be the one that's going to say, hey, I see this issue. Who around me would like to help? Let's address it versus just assuming it's going to be taken care of by someone else. And we can definitely make a difference. I know when I was actually faculty there and worked in public health nursing, our nursing students did projects that um, were identified in the community locally that actually made long-lasting changes in policies locally different. So never underestimate what you can do. Um, it's just take the opportunity and go for it. So I know you are, you're based on the East Coast here in Washington, D.C., Virginia area, right? Uh-huh, correct. Is there a way that if a student wanted to get involved with the NASN, are there chapters in different places around the nation, or is it pretty much centered and run through that area? That's a great question. Actually, we have, um, we call them an affiliate, but it would be like a chapter in every state. Um, and so, and then of course, like I say, we have the overseas, which is our Department of Defense nurses. So um, a student in any state could, I could, and if they have questions, they could always contact me and I can get you in contact with the like state chapter. And uh, they did in the, that's where a lot of the work on COVID took place. We did it at the national level, but then I've been really impressed by how many of our state chapters actually took that information, worked with their state epidemiologists and other state level education and health officials to make recommendations and, and guidelines that were specific for their state because every state, you know, population is different, urban versus rural, um, lots of different demographic differences, and they were able to carry that out better at the state level. But Aaron, we have unfortunately come to the end of our time together, the time that we have to talk, but I wanted to make sure that everybody is listening who may feel inspired because honestly, I feel inspired. I feel ready to take on the world and run through a wall right now, but if there's anybody out there that really wants to learn more about the um, National Association of School Nurses or advocacy of any kind, is there a way that they could get in contact with you, whether through email, LinkedIn, whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to um, talk to anyone and direct them in the way that they're interested, even in a different topic of advocacy, because that's kind of a whole world in and of itself. Um, I, I am on LinkedIn. You can find me there, or you can also email me. It's Emon, so E. M-A-U-G-H-A-N at N-A-S-N dot O-R-G. And I, I look forward to talking to anyone, um, but particularly even nursing students. I just want to put a plug in that um, I know oftentimes people get into nursing because they think hospitals and acute care, which is so important. And I, um, I love my time doing that. But just realize there are so many more options. And I think with technology changes, there's going to be a and advocacy changes, there's going to be a ton more in the future. And I just look, um, want to say and advocate if your gut says to go something that might not look as traditional as what you originally thought, go for it. Because I think there's opportunities we don't even know about. Seriously. Thank you so much, Aaron, for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it. Thank you for teaching us all that you've taught us. And we hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Great, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. It's been fun and good luck with everyone. We wanted to give a quick little shout out and congratulations to all the nursing students that were inducted into the college's chapter of Sigma Theta Tau, the Honor Society of Nursing. 
To access your online resources or to learn more about this organization, visit sigmanursing.org. Okay, today we are here with Denise Abbott. She was my anatomy and physiology teacher in high school. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Miss Abbott? Yes. My name is Denise Abbott, and I graduated from Brigham Young University with a biology composite. And before that, I graduated with an associate degree in nursing from Northern Virginia Community College. And I guess even before that, I graduated with my licensed practical nurse LPN from um, Prince William County School of Practical Nursing in Manassas, Virginia. What kind of led you to nursing? So um, that is a great question. When um, I grew up as the daughter of a military chaplain, and I went actually to three different high schools. So by the time um, I went, was in Kansas for my freshman year, my sophomore, junior year was in New York City, and then we moved to um, Virginia for my senior year. But in New York, they had this just crazy, awesome schedule that you could take up to nine or ten classes every semester. Wow. So I was way ahead of credits, and when we moved to Virginia, they had numerous career and tech education programs. So they had a cosmetology school right there at my high school. They had licensed practical nursing. Well, I only needed one credit to graduate. And my parents said, oh, you've always liked medicine. You should take the nursing class. So I did and finished the program and then challenged a couple of semesters at the community college for the nursing program and finished about five five quarters. They were on a quarter system um, with my RN after that. Yeah, that sounds like quite a journey. Um, where else have you worked as a nurse? So I actually started my nursing career in um, Prince William County in Manassas, Virginia, and I worked there at the county hospital. And I worked there as both an LPN, and then when I transitioned to being an RN, I worked um, there. So for a total of three years and some change. And then I had wanted to attend Brigham Young University, so traveled across the country, and I got a job at what at the time was called Utah Valley Regional Medical Center, now known as Utah Valley Hospital. And those have been the only two hospitals. Yeah. When did you start teaching along with nursing? Um, so I graduated from BYU it, with my biology composite in 1987. And then for the next 10 years, I did both nursing and teaching. Okay. And what kind of led you to combining teaching and nursing? The reason I love teaching and I just love teaching high school students I love to see when their little sparks go off in their eyes and they're like, oh my gosh, I, I get this. I understand this. Mm -hmm. I might actually want to study it because so often it's easy when you're students and you're in regular biology, for example, and you're thinking, I'm never going to use this. Why do <laughs> I have to have this? Mm -hmm. And when they get to medical anatomy and physiology, they're like, hmm, I might use this. And when they get to medical assisting, they think, oh, I could be certified as a medical assistant when I graduate high school. 
I am going to do this. And so I love just seeing little learning sparks come along. What's your favorite thing about being able to teach future health professionals all this amazing knowledge? Um, um, my other hat is that I am the state director for the Utah Host of Future Health Professionals. It's part of an international organization that helps um, to prepare students with skills and knowledge to be able to uh, enter the healthcare industry prepared to work. Mm -hmm. And um, I have really enjoyed it because it goes with that statement of if you teach a man to fish versus giving him fish. And it seems that when students are involved in HOSA, because um, com competition, there are 60 competitive events from medical terminology to nursing to forensics, community service, health education, uh, medical assisting is, is actually even a competition. Mm -hmm. So as they're studying to compete, they keep learning. Yeah. And sometimes they don't realize that they're learning. But then when they take a state test at the end of the year, they just score so high on them because they were just trying to compete to win a spot at the international conference that it was fun for them and they didn't even realize how much time and effort they were spending studying. Yeah. Um, it also has been a wonderful opportunity for our members not only to compete, but to be able to apply for scholarships that are just um, set aside for host of members. And um, there are several healthcare institutions that if they see HOSA on their resumes, they'll give them an extra point mm -hmm. when they apply for jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually just looking up HOSA before this interview, and I was wondering if there's any way that nursing students could also get involved with it? Absolutely, yes. So um, currently we have really large and active chapters at Weaver State and the University of Utah, mm -hmm. and they have um, done some amazing service projects as well as um, competing. But the, their service projects and leadership have really helped them to be able to forward their education and um, careers, career paths. And yes, we would love yeah. for nurses, nursing students to join us. And we'd love for BYU to have an active chapter. I think it would be a win-win yeah. all the way around. Yeah. And um, how would we what, sign up for that? So I can send you the information for that. Um, this year, of course, has been a little bit of a weird year, um, as we know from COVID. But mm -hmm. um, in the past, um, you would be able to actually apply for internships that would um, tie you into the public health sector. And mm. they work on um, writing papers and so you could be published, but... These are all people who work at the highest levels of government. And uh, we've had usually two cohorts each summer who get picked and selected for this program. So 
I mean, the opportunities are just almost endless. Yeah, and that sounds like something great to have on a resume as a nursing student, too. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah, is there anything else that you would like to tell us today? Um, so I, um, I just have to say, well, a couple of things. Number one, I can't think of a better career in nursing. And though I didn't stay at the hospital, it it's, um, has benefited my family because I, I've been able to take care of them. I've been able to take care of myself. But there's no other job that's so flexible. You can teach. You can go into so many aspects of nursing and employee health and, and even law and biostatisticians yeah. and, and places that you just didn't think that you could be there. And so I love the flexibility of nursing. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate that people go to nursing school because you just... You're always a nurse, but you don't always have to be a floor nurse. Totally. Yeah, that's so great. Thank you so much for all your advice and for talking with us today. You're welcome. Want to view the archive of past BYU College of Nursing magazines? Visit magazine.nursing.byu.edu. So guys, now we're here with Ellie Bodily. You guys may recognize her from helping out a little bit with clinical work in second semester. She's also a public health nurse, but today we're going to be talking specifically about her work as a school nurse. How are you doing, Ellie? I'm great. How are you? Super great. Super Good. great. Thank you for coming in and talking to us. My pleasure. So can you introduce yourself a little bit for the people who are listening? Sure. So my name's Ellie Bodily, like he said. Um, I'm a public health nurse. I worked for Utah County Health Department for 12 years as a school nurse um, in Alpine School District. So I've worked with elementary students, junior high, high school students. Um, super fun. I love the cute kids. And I did a lot of public health work and the immunization clinic at the county. Um, a lot of the stuff they have us do down there. And um, super fun. I'm happy to be here to explain about school nursing. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. So let's dive right into it. Let's get right down into the meat of it. Tell me what a day in the life is for a school nurse. Uh, the day of a school nurse is going to one of your schools and just kind of checking in, seeing what happened the week you were gone because you're only there one day a week. And on the other days, uh, I have to train and delegate under my license for people to do diabetic care for students, to do medications that kids might need. So a lot of things are delegated under my license. And I'll just check and see, you know, what's going on. And usually kids are coming in the office with ouchies or something, um, teachers. Uh, and then I just kind of get going on my work. So it kind of varies from day to day, kind of what's going on. Okay. Is that kind of how a school nurse works? Because I imagine you don't have a lot of free will to diagnose specifically in the school. Right. Some states have clinics right in their school that the nurse runs. And in Utah, usually the school nurse just has an office. So we do a basic assessment on them. And then, you know, if it's visible or not, if they're sick, you know, if they've thrown up, you call their parents. A lot of times parents are working. So sometimes it, I would have kids in my office like 30 minutes before their parents could get there. So I just talk to them. But after the basic assessment, you can kind of decide if they're really sick or if they're not. And, and a lot of times 
they just feel better after that and they go back to class. And so with school nurses in schools, the absenteeism rate decreases because when the secretaries are there doing the nurse job, they're busy. They're just like, call your mom and go home. But when the nurse is there, you can kind of, you know, walk it through and see kind of what's going on with them. So now talk to me a little bit about the flexibility that comes with being a school nurse. Do you feel like it's really flexible? Do you feel like it's not? What does that look like? Okay. So it also, once again, depends on what your model is that you're working with in your district or your state. But in Utah County, the nurses, once you're trained as a school nurse and you know, you know, these are my jobs I need to do, you can prioritize them and do them as you feel best. Um, And that might vary from school to school, child to child, as long as you get them done correctly. I mean, that's really flexible. And when I first started working, I had kids at home, so I was part-time. It was awesome because I'd drop my kids off at school at eight and I'd work till two and I'd be home before they got home. That's why it was a great mom job too. Oh yeah. yeah. I love that. And while you're working in the school, those days that you are at the elementary school, middle school, wherever it may be, what does that downtime kind of look like when there's not a kid in your office? So that's when you would, I would usually work on vaccinations. Um, That's our job to make sure everybody's in compliance. If they're not in compliance, then they are to be excluded. But, you know, we tried not to do that very much. That was, that's not very positive. But you do have to follow up and make sure like in kindergarten and seventh grade and 10th grade, there's additional shots they have to get now. So a little more follow up. Um, I would do paperwork like that. Um, look through my care plans. Every student that's got a health care need needs an IHP and just to make sure they're on file. And so if somebody had an allergy, uh, the teacher, the, the school needed to know where their EpiPen was. Um, they can carry it. Same with asthma. They can carry the inhaler just to kind of coordinate. So everybody knew where everybody's EpiPen, inhaler, diabetic stuff. So in case, you know, there was um, an emergency, they knew how to handle it. So I've just, I, I do a lot of paperwork or uh, we did in-class hygiene teaching, which I'm sure is really big right now with what's going on. But that was super fun. Every year I would do presentations in the class and talk to kids. I did hygiene, dental, you know, hygiene. One year I did a mindfulness representation of and we did some yoga super fun a lot of teaching in the class where you can educate kids on how to be healthy there really is no downtime then you're Mm -hmm. pretty you're working pretty hard Mm -hmm. you're pretty busy Mm -hmm. what is the environment pretty fun because you're around kids all the time as well and Mm -hmm. kids are energy balls so much yeah (laughs) that's why I, i also like school nursing because i wanted to work with kids and I wanted to be in a happy environment. And, you know, we've got a lot of kids that are troubled right now, but the majority of the kids, they're just darling. They're just so cute and and happy. And that was a driving force for me to stay in the field. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. And tell me about that license a little bit. How do... If I was to want to become a school nurse, how would I get that license? Well, it's just you can go through any nursing program. Some states have school nurse certifications that are optional, and other states have required school nurse certifications you take, like Ohio. You have to take their school nurse certification before you can work as a school nurse. In Utah, no. You can just even, you can have your associates, your bachelor's, your master's, whatever. And as long as you pass the NCLEX, you can be a school nurse, and it's just on-the-job training. 
Okay. So if I'm a BYU nursing graduate, I can mm-hmm. be a school nurse right after graduation. Yeah. You do get here at BYU, they have community and public health nursing that the students go through. So they get a little taste of what that is, which is super nice. Um, some programs don't have that. So it's super nice. They have a little taste so they can see if they like it or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like that a lot. There, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening that are more interested in becoming a school nurse now than they were maybe a half hour ago. If a student in the BYU nursing program or any nursing program, what should they start doing now to put them on the track to be able to do that one day? Well, I would just say, um, you know, pay attention when you're in community health and public health, because our big job as public health nurses is to have resources to give to parents and and help them, but also... um, you know, they can just see if they like it. They can do a shadow, a school nurse, uh, for a day uh, and see if they like it. And then, you know, it depends on if what county you're in in Utah. Some counties go through the school district to hire their nurses, and some go through the health department. So it depends on where you're going to be. And if you leave the state, it's the same thing. You can just, I would just get on, first of all, the health department website, school district websites, and see how they hire their school nurses, what the expectations are, so that, you know, you can prepare for that. Because a lot of people... A lot of nurses graduate and they move out of state with their husbands or whatever. And so wherever they end up, you know, those are the places you would look to see how they're hired and what the model is they use in the state. That's super awesome. And if by any chance there are students or any listeners that want to get in contact with you to learn a little bit more about um, to learn a little bit more about school and nurses, where could they contact you? Well, I've had students do that a lot, actually. Uh, my email is ebodily, B-O-D-I-L-Y-R-N, at Gmail. If you wanted to shoot me an email and I can answer questions or shoot you the right direction, that's awesome. I'm happy to help. That would be super awesome. So reach out to Ellie if you're looking for some more information about becoming a school nurse or get a push in the right direction so you can get there. Make sure to reach out to her and talk to her because she has all of the answers, right? Mm, not all of them, but <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but thank, thank you so much, Ellie, for coming in and talking to us. We appreciate it a ton. You are welcome. Very welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, friends, we've come to the end of another great podcast. It was so fun for me to interview Denise Abbott again and connect with her. It's been quite a few years. And to learn more about school nursing and how fulfilling it can be to work with children. Corbin, what are some of your favorite parts of this episode? It almost just took me back to when I was a kid. I unfortunately was a regular in the school nurses office <laughs> in elementary school. I got bloody noses, scraped knees, twisted ankles all the time. I was always in there. They were my best friend. Not my best friend. That's kind of embarrassing, but they were my friend. And um, But it was just special to kind of go back and relive that and to remember the impact that the school nurses made on me when I was younger. The confidence that gave me that even though I was kind of beaten up sometimes that I could get up and still be successful in school. It was awesome. I really loved that part of the interview. Yeah, I love how eye-opening this episode has been with school nursing. It's definitely something that I want to look into more. And if any of you are more interested, then you should definitely look into it more. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there are so many opportunities to help people and serve people. But Anyway, guys, we hope that you have an awesome week. We hope that you are successful in everything that you do, and we will be back next week, same time, same place, for another amazing episode of The College Handoff. 